You're listening to teaching from the Word of God, provided by Black Forest Chapel. This is the church where you will find biblical teaching and authentic worship with family and friends. We are located in Black Forest near Monument and just north of Colorado Springs, Colorado. We invite you to join us this Sunday. Find our location, worship times, and more at blackforestchapel.org. Well, good morning, Black Forest Chapel, and good morning to everyone joining us online. Um, We're thankful that uh, you continue to worship with us, even though we're still in our homes and apart. Um, We expect very soon that that will change and we can reconvene and gather as God's people. So please be on the lookout for communications related to reopening and some of the guidelines and precautions we'll be taking, and um, there'll be emails coming out and um, we'll make sure you have everything that you need information wise. So uh, we're looking forward to that until that time comes. Uh, we've got a different format and kind of a special treat today as we, um, have brought a, uh, panel of prayer warriors onto the stage with me. Um, some of our BSV, uh, BFC folks, part of our Sunday morning prayer team. And, uh, we just want to talk today a little bit differently, kind of a, a discussion on, the topic of persistence in prayer. Um, I think one of the things that happens in uh, something substantial like this lockdown, this pandemic, um, any type of struggle in our life that is chronic or spans a length of time is that as God's people, um, we sometimes give up too easily in prayer. We are fatigued. Um, maybe we have doubts. Uh, maybe we just um, haven't learned to pray in a prevailing way that that is uh, based in faith. And we have not maybe been learned or taught to expect God to answer, that God hears our prayers, that he actively answers our prayers. And so how do we persist in that? And so we just want to have a discussion about that this morning. And um, we have Robin Costner and Scott Lamb and Anita Johnson. And we have... Um, you guys all know them if you belong to this church. Robin blesses us with uh, her gift of teaching our little ones and chapel kids, um, as well as um, a faithful member of our of our prayer team on Sunday mornings. And we're thankful for her and for Bill and all their contribution to the church. And Scott is one of our elders. Um, he's our resident theologian and fills in the pulpit on occasion, but uh, a man of uh, faithfulness and wisdom. And we're thankful to have Scott with us this morning. And Anita... Um, there isn't anything Anita doesn't do for Black Forest Chapel, but her specialties would be baked to goods and birthday cards, I believe. So um, she she loves the people here and expresses it in very tangible ways, and we're very thankful for her. Um, but all of us have been part of um, the Sunday morning prayer time. We started this in January 28th in 2018. And so at the end of January, we got together. This is nothing novel for a church to do, to gather together for prayer, but we we asked the church to pray with us um, throughout the week, and then we started gathering Sunday mornings for an hour before the service, and we prayed together. And we have a whiteboard, and we have listed on the board all the different uh, concerns and prayer requests and things and our hopes and kind of desires and expectations that we're waiting on from the Lord. And we, we put all those things up on the whiteboard, and we, we talk a little bit about what God has taught us in prayer over the past week and anything that has been rising to the top, meaning if there's consistency in how God is speaking to us, um, then we want to focus on those things because he's moving and he's doing amazing things here. So 
we've been doing that now for well over two years, and um, it has not gotten tiring. It is not mundane. If anything, it is one of the highlights of my week. It is a time of refreshing. Um, we have gotten to know one another as we pray together. I think there's, there's definitely power in, in corporate prayer and agreeing with one another. Um, there's just something about praying together. And we have also seen the results of that. We have seen God move and do amazing things in this church over the last couple of years. So um, we want to share some of that experience and perhaps some of our personal wisdom when it comes to prayer um, hopefully for your encouragement to help you in your prayer life, um, to help you if, if you've kind of um, gotten tired or unsure about prayer, you've kind of lost heart, how do you continue on? We're just going to share some insights from our own personal journeys, and I, I, I trust and hope that there will be a benefit to you. So, As we begin our time, uh, I'd like to open us in prayer, and if you would join us at home in, in praying for this, for this time. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have opened up a way for us to approach you, to come to you, to talk with you, to relate to you, to worship you. Um, And that's through your son, Jesus Christ. By sending the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice to die on the cross for our sins, to exchange his righteousness for our sin, that he took our divine judgment upon himself, your wrath upon himself so that we could be forgiven and that we could be free from the bondage of sin, be able to walk with you and talk with you and um, be your people. And so thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit that indwells us as your people and who helps us in our prayer, in our time of prayer when we don't know what to say. Holy Spirit, you intercede on our behalf. And Lord, we pray that this morning would be a time um, of help for your people, that there would be something imparted through this conversation and, and as we open your word that would help us to learn how to pray. Um, Jesus, you taught your disciples how to pray. We, we, we understand that. We have read, we have studied the Lord's Prayer, many of us. But Father, one thing we lack is, um, is, is perseverance persistence in prayer. We lack watchfulness and we know that and you know that and you know that we're limited and you have grace on us anyway, but we want to grow in this. We want to learn. So help us father to not give up, to not lose heart, to continue on steadfastly in prayer, to seek you, to to keep knocking father and waiting, being expectant for answers because you love us and you always answer. Even if it's, different than we expect. Even if you cause us to wait, it is always a good answer because you are a good God. So Lord, we just give you this time. Um, I pray you would speak through the men and women on the stage. Um, Holy Spirit, use us uh, to convey wisdom and to impart uh, some insight for the sake of your people. And I pray everyone that's listening, Lord, you would help them to grow in a more vibrance and a persevering prayer life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I just want to read uh, a passage out of Luke 18 um, first, and then uh, one one verse out of Colossians 4, and then we'll um, 
have a little conversation together. So Luke 18, verses 1 through 8. It says, and he told them a parable, so this is Jesus, told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. So Jesus is teaching specifically about always praying and not losing heart. That's the goal of this parable. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary." For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will he not give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? In Colossians 4, verse 2, says that we are, in Paul's final instructions, to continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So there's an idea of not losing heart, of persisting, of a good God who will speedily come to answer the prayers of those who cry out to him day and night. There's an effort, there's an intentionality there. There's there's not just a lazy, cursory tossing up of prayer. And there's also the idea of being watchful, to be expectant, to be ongoingly after the Lord for whatever we're asking for. And to do that with reverence and respect, but also to know he's good and we can ask him those things as his children. And so with that context in mind and with with those thoughts in mind, um, I'd like to just first start off by um, thanking you guys for being here this morning. Thank you for coming and having a conversation. And um, in general, we see that that Paul and that that James and and other New Testament writers, especially Jesus, they, they teach us and encourage us to always be in prayer. This is something we should always be doing. Pray continually. Not something that we just do on occasion or just because we're supposed to as Christians. In general, why is prayer so important? Why why do you think it's um, such a stressor in the scriptures to always be in prayer? I think part of that is it's just living a life of thanksgiving to God. It's uh, for what he's done. And Prayer is important. I probably don't like the term prayer works, even though the heart behind it and the mind behind it is pointing towards God. But I like it's God that works, and prayer is just that communication. And it's just that relationship to have throughout the day with the Lord. You know, it's just little things that happen throughout the day. You're just like, thank you, Lord. I didn't arrange that, but you did. And it's um, just having a thankful heart. Um, I know we'll get into other types of prayer, but that's uh, just kind of the daily walk thing that I enjoy. Prayer is also uh, how God has sovereignly arranged for Him to pour out His blessings on us. And also the dependence on Him 
for what we need and our daily needs. Um, we don't live this Christian life in our own strength. We live it through Christ and in Him and in His power. And um, prayer is the way that God has ordained that we have fellowship with Him and invites us to come into His presence. For me, prayer is like the oxygen of the soul. So oxygen is so important for life. As long as I breathe, I live. If I stop breathing, you know what happens. And I think the same is uh, attributable to the prayer. Prayer is that... uh, taking breath that comes from God and in the um, spiritual sense after I have become a believer prayer is like my breath constantly it is the way of communicating with the Father it's not just asking things it's keeping the relationship going just like a family must talk to each other in order to work as a team or to know each other. No relationship can exist without communicating. That's what prayer means to me. I cannot really have a living relationship with the living God unless I'm in constant communication with Him. And that's how I understand that praying constantly and I look at the life of Jesus and he lived exactly that way I like what I've I've kind of taught on this before and what you said makes um, kind of makes the point that you can't have relationship with anyone without communicating with them without having fellowship without walking with them we can't expect to have a vibrant, abundant walk with the living God unless we're having conversations. We can't expect to grow unless we're receiving instruction, receiving care from our Father. We, all of those things happen through prayer. So, And as, as Robin said, prayer um, is how God has um, ordained um, bringing heaven to earth, the kingdom of heaven here on earth. We, we pray and God moves. And for whatever reason, he's still sovereign over all of those things, um, but he's decided to um, operate in such a way that it requires, and he partners with us um, to engage his will on the earth. And it's a mystery, and we don't always understand it, and God knows what we need before, before we even say a word, and yet he desires, and it's in his good pleasure that we would talk with him and ask him these things. So it is, it's purposeful, it's powerful, it's not something to be neglected at all. And just as, as we talked about, it's kind of like the air that we breathe. Uh, we need the word of God to feed, to feed on, to be nourished. We need prayer to have life in our very soul. So, um, what are some challenges, though, that, you, that, that some, of, some of us as Christians, maybe you personally have had when it comes to persistence in prayer? Why do Christians give up so easily? What's the, what's the disconnect there from your experience, maybe personally or what you've seen? Uh, 
I think uh, one thing that really struck me, someone says, sometimes prayer is just work that you have to uh, commit yourself to doing. It's the um, things I've used in the past is having a prayer partner is great. With my wife, Rachel, we can keep each other accountable and have a certain time to pray. And um, I think just starting out, um, I'm not going to like commit. I'm going to commit to an hour to pray every morning. It's more like I'm going to commit to pray at this time, and however long it goes, it might just be ten minutes or it might be an hour. But it's uh, uh, it's part of a dis- discipline, like any relationship with someone. That you develop it and it grows. Uh, I think it's a struggle because we're just selfish we're just weak we got our own time we got our own agenda so it's um, for me I have to have times of prayer to to just commit at a certain time of day and it just it's it grows from that (laughs) to see the Father's heart so you have to kind of lead yourself into it Um, so disciplining yourself uh, to pray will then cultivate the desire to pray more as you learn exactly the Lord. Yeah. and there's a what you said too about the length of prayer persisting in prayer doesn't mean you have to pray for long periods of it's not just because your prayer is longer that you're persisting it's just a matter of whatever you're praying for you consistently bring it back to the Lord you don't just give up or uh, begin to doubt or decide you're just going to take this on your own since God's not answering there's a there's a trust component there with with praying over time for something, and that's that's always hard to do because we are um, very limited and weak many times, as you said, Scott. So, um, what else? What are some other challenges that you've seen in your own personal life or that of other believers that cause them to not be able to persist in prayer, to lose lose heart quickly? Well, I can only uh, relate it to myself. It. Prayer is a two-way street. It's not a one-way street. It's not me talking at God or telling God. It's a dialogue. So it's also hearing from Him. And that two-way street is really the main thing for me. If I don't hear from Him, then I begin to look where Am I falling down in something? Where is sin in my life? Because very often when I stop praying, I know it is because of something. It can be hidden or it can be very, um, you know, on the surface, but I haven't acknowledged it. So that's one thing. The other thing is my stance towards God. Am I treating him with the right respect? And if I respect him, then he is not one of my daily priorities, but he is first. And I see that in Jesus' life, too. He prayed during the night or early in the morning. He prayed during times when there was no one else interrupting, even though I'm sure he prayed all day long. Every miracle, everything he said, he said it was all the things that he saw his father doing or saying. And that is the point where I want to be. 
But for that to happen, I do have to train myself in respect towards God and reverence and awe and fear of God. It's very real. How do we, and I know this is, this is a personal thing and sometimes hard to define if you're able to. It might be helpful for our church. Um, how do we hear from God? You mentioned it's a two-way conversation. A lot of times we think it's just us sending up the signal. We're, we're the ones talking, um, and we're hopeful that God's listening, but that's kind of how we feel about it, um, versus hearing from God, receiving from Him, which is extremely life-giving to know that God in the universe cares enough and actually speaks to His children. How do we, how do we hear from Him? There's a quote that I love. It's out of a book called Divine Mentor. And he says that perhaps the highest form of prayer is when we are listening to God through his word. Hmm. And uh, I think that's the biggest way we know that God speaks to his people is through his word. Hmm. And so the time that we spend with God in his word is him talking to us. That's one of the biggest ways. Prayer and the word are are linked completely. To have one without the other doesn't make sense. We need to pray to understand the word and we need to be in the word to hear and receive from the Lord. Yes, I totally agree. And hearing from him through his word is one way. And then the other way I find is just being alert through circumstances, other people, um, maybe even the prayer of someone else, he can give answers that I never expected. And he's so creative. And I know that he always hears. I just have to be patient enough to wait for him to work it out. Because like a father that is approached by his little child for something, the father looks into the future and knows how this is affecting the child, whether to give or not to give or to give differently. And he is that in a much more magnificent way. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a great picture. And I, I like what you said about being alert and being watchful. One of the things you read in Colossians 4, I think that's part of, at least in my life, we get so distracted by all the other noise around us. We, right now, everyone's really watchful. Everyone's glued to the TV, to the radio. What is the president going to say? What is the CDC going to say? What is the governor going to say next? What is my boss going to say? We're all attentive, waiting, watching, alert about what everyone else is going to say about something that's important to us. But how often do we expectantly watch and wait for God to speak to us about the, the most important thing, the, the things that are the most um, Really, the things that we need to hear from the depths of our soul from our Heavenly Father. So um, that's, a, that's a major component of it. And, and the Word, and like Robin said, I mean, if you're not in the mood to pray, open up the Psalms or something like that, and you'll be praising God. Yeah, what a wonderful way to start praying is praising God. And in fact, we do that in the prayer time. Well, read some scripture and spend a little time just praising God for who he is. And, and that leads into so many other things when we do that. Well, that, that leads me into the whole idea of 
How do we not give up in prayer? How do we act as the woman coming to the judge consistently um, asking for justice? How do we not lose heart when the answers are not coming quickly? Or maybe at all, maybe it's been a week or two weeks or a month. Maybe it's been years or decades. And the answer that we're looking for, the answer that we've been crying out for is just not coming. How do we persevere and persist in prayer? Um, a preacher, Alistair Begg, once introduced me to the idea of post-mortem answer to prayer. And in our family, we have a story. My great-grandma prayed with her children at, at their bedside for their salvation. She never saw that in the case of my grandfather. My grandfather didn't come to know the Lord till he was 82 years old. But... One of my uncles came to know the Lord in his young adult life, and he and his children started praying for each of his siblings for about seven years on their knees. And um, as the result, that, that grandma, great-grandma never saw her prayers, most of her great-grandchildren are believers in this day and age and have been, and her grandchildren have did come to faith in the Lord Jesus, something she never saw. And sometimes we have to see by faith the answer to our prayers too, even though we may never see them in our lifetime, but to believe that God is still going to answer those prayers. So for me, it's an encouragement to know that even though my great-grandma never saw the answer to her prayers, they were answered. Yeah, I think too, just looking at past, like you mentioned, past prayers that God has answered in a wonderful way, that encourages me to keep persistent because it's like, wow, God, you did that. And it's, um, yeah, that memory of that and uh, those big ones, but I, it always encourages me. I need. Rachel's better at journaling than I am. <laughs> I think it's something. And you start writing down God's answers to prayer. Just as a reminder, you know, God did this. He will also do this. I need to keep being persistent in that. I think that's, as you said, Scott, and as the testimonies speak for themselves, it's, um, we are forgetful people. And we, we need to remember who God is. And we look back at what he has done. The scriptures are full of his great works and, the mighty works of God, and how He is, um, how He saves His people, how He answers prayer, and not always in the way that we expect and the timing that we would prefer, but but nonetheless, He does answer for our good and for His glory. And so, um, I think we all have stories like that, and uh, these things have taken time. Uh, for me, it was uh, walking with Lyme disease for for over twenty years. And uh, praying honestly to the Lord at times that he would just take my life because um, I had no life left. I was a patient. I was uh, mostly laying in bed, didn't know what value or use I had anymore to anyone. Um, and in horrible pain at the same time and brain fog and all the things that go with it. And, and yet uh, prayer was a consistent part of my life. I wouldn't say I bowed at the edge of my bed and you know, um, had some formalized prayer every day about my pain and about work. It was just a, it was an ongoing, honest conversation where one day I was angry and frustrated and in tears and why and 
almost didn't even want to hear an answer. And the next day I was just so thankful for my life because by his Holy Spirit, he refreshed me. And, and by his word and through the counsel of others, he provided um, a moment of rest and of peace from kind of the chaos. And that there was hope in him and not necessarily in my physical ability, but in him and that he had a purpose for my life. And the truths of God's word what is what shored me up and was the foundation for me to keep moving forward. And, and he provided my wife and he provided family to come around and help. And he provided financially for us along the way. And, and all of that time, he just asked for trust and for obedience. And, and hearing from him was just um, through all the things we've already kind of said. Um, there's the internal quiet voice where I just learned to, to know that that's God speaking. Um, through my time in prayer, obviously the word of God um, was was the source of many answers, just the truths of scripture uh, to keep walking and moving forward in that. And as of today, the Lord has, has brought healing to my life. And there are hiccups along the way where I kind of have setbacks here and there, but I no longer worry about those or fear that something bad is going to happen because of what he has done. I remember and I'm not a journaler either. I don't write things down all the time, and it would be good if I did. I think I write things all over the place. I've got napkins in the car and loose leaf paper everywhere and stuff. Is, so every once in a while I pull something out of it, and I have a little prayer that I wrote, and it's just a reminder and a refresher of what God has done. So it's a good practice if you are a journaler to maybe do that, or if you have someone in the family that can do that for you, and a record keeper of, of God's grace and mercy in our life. So... Well, um, I'd like to just talk about the, the church now, uh, Black Forest Chapel, um, as we've been praying now for over a couple of years together. And and we are a, a small group, um, but we are a faithful group, and we really, I, I believe, enjoy our time and the fellowship that, that's imparted there, and as well as just um, watching God answer. It's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's fun to be a part of what he's doing. It's Why would we want to do anything else? So... Um, we invite you to always to, to come as when we reopen the, the church. Um, you're invited to come at an hour before the service around 8.30. We meet 8.30 to 9.30 and we uh, just have a time of prayer. And even if you want to come and just bow your head and just be a part of that time and you don't have to say a word if you don't want to. If you want to learn about prayer and see it modeled by uh, men and women who have been walking with the Lord for a time, um, those are all ways that, that we intentionally move toward God and growing in the likeness of Jesus Christ. So please come and join us. Uh, but as we've been praying together for many things, and we've seen God do many things, um, what are some highlights in your mind, some answered prayer that you've seen him kind of work in our church body that we can celebrate this morning? My favorite one is the youth. Eh. Eh, there is just nothing like it, how he brought this about. Uh, we were praying for um, someone to um, rise to the surface to uh, lead a youth ministry. And what we got was a lot more. Hmm. Uh, we have someone who knows exactly what to do, understands the youth, uh, understands the times. We then prayed for more youth to come, and lo and behold... Families with kids showed up. It was absolutely beautiful 
wonderful, magnificent. Thank you, God. And, and with that, it didn't happen right away. It was all the renovation and the remodeling first, and we're just like praying, God, fill this space. And, and, and we're still praying. We're still praying. Now we have the older youth, but we're still praying for the younger ones, you know, just... Uh, uh, for volunteers to be raised up with that and the little ones to come in, the little ones are starting to come in and it's like, uh, uh, God, they're coming in, you know, we need people to, to lead them and it's, it's just an exciting time. We, it's just praying together and, and watching God work and it's, it's wonderful. I think too, another wonderful thing is to see, uh, people being baptized and professing their faith in front of the congregation. It's been a beautiful thing to see people follow the Lord. Well, one thing that you mentioned is um, there is a prayerfulness. We were praying before those things happened, and then there's answers because God's people step forward and begin serving. and uh, They begin living out their faith by doing good works and by using their skills and their gifts and we prayed and God provided resources and we're trying to be good stewards of those resources. So our, our other building was really um, you know, deferred maintenance unattended for decades. And God provided the workers and he provided the expertise and he provided all the materials. And, and our, our activity center now is a beautiful building that houses both our, our youth ministries as well as our children's ministries. We have a, we have a prayer room over there as well. And Honestly, it's the room that everyone wants to be in now. Everyone, all the meetings take place up there. Everyone wants to be in those rooms. And all we did was just um, put some fresh paint and, and, and do some things intentionally for the sake of ministry, to grow, to be um, actively seeking to have people come to know the Lord and then to be growing in, the, in their knowledge of who, who God is and and to participate in the body life here at Black Forest Chapel. And, and as we prayed about those things and then took the steps of faith um, incrementally over the course of time, it's amazing how, you know, it feels like um, when those projects start, it feels like they kind of take a long time. And then, but really, it, it almost feels like it happened overnight, right? There's just, there's, you know, how many kids up there now? There's, uh, there's, it's not just the kids, it's not just the youth that are, that are enjoying that time. Um, some of the parents, other volunteers, other folks from the church, everyone is enjoying worshiping God, growing together, um, even as we live from multiple generations. It's really a beautiful picture of the church. So it's, it's a great microcosm of what we want to see happen in the church as a whole. So that's, a, that's truly a highlight for, for all of us. Anything else that you've, that you've seen or we can celebrate as far as answers to prayer? The finances. Sometimes we're low, and when we pray, God always provides. He has, and we can always count on that. Yeah, I think it's just, um, we've been praying that people just use their gifts in the body to serve, you know, uh, people that... We don't come to just to hear a message and go home. This is a community, a body, and we're just praying that it becomes more and more so as the family of God. And that's a consistent prayer. And we're seeing that. We're seeing people uh, connect with one another. Um, 
I'm excited to see how much has been happening behind the scenes during this pandemic and uh, see how God uses that, not just in the church overall, but just within our church, you know, how God's using this time of physical separation from one another to bond us even closer. Well, as we, we close our time, um, anything else, any last um, kind of kind of personal insights or just encouragements for God's people as it relates to prayer that you'd like to, like to share? I think when you don't know what to pray, uh, I think God loves that. Um, sorry. Is that my son's grave site? And sometimes I pray fine, and other times I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to pray. And it's it's that heart that we we want to be with Him, and we want to pour out our hearts to the Lord. And I'm so glad that when we don't know how to pray, the Spirit Himself intercedes for us, and Christ is interceding for us. And it's such a privilege to join them in their work of interceding. And one of the things I'd like to say is on Psalm 65, verse 2, O you that hears prayer, to you shall all flesh come. God calls Himself the God who hears prayer. And so know that he hears you and he longs for you to come and talk to him. Uh, When it is difficult for me to pray, it helps if I simply start. Okay? I'm not putting it off. I'm not waiting for a better time or for more inspiration. I simply stop and say something to God. Father, is a good beginning. And if there's really nothing I could say, I can always thank him for the basic things. I'm alive. You woke me up. I'm in my right mind. I know who you are. I still know who I am. And I thank you. And so, like the scriptures say, thanksgiving is such a wonderful way to start into prayer, no matter what the circumstance is. And I, I would echo everything that uh, that's been said, and I think one thing I would add, maybe for the help of of our church family here, is that um, my prayer life really um, it really grew not just through suffering. I think that's that that is a, a classroom for uh, many lessons for the Lord to teach us and help us to grow, um, and we all have our own suffering and in our own ways. We all have things we're going through. And so those are times to depend on him and not on ourselves. And I think we're, I think we naturally understand that sometimes we have a hard time going there. And so as Anita said, just open your mouth, start talking to him, open the word, um, start listening to him. But a lot of, a lot of, a lot of my growth in prayer came from um, stepping out in faith and deciding to use my gifts to serve God's people 
Even if I didn't know what those were at the moment, even if there was small little tasks to be done or small things that I thought they were insignificant, and well, if I'm not doing these these bright, shiny things that, that the important people are doing, then I'm kind of insignificant. And that's, that's not true at all in God's economy and in God's people. Uh, we are the family of God. We are all members of his body, and we all have different functions. And, and so when I started to step out, and honestly, I, was never, I never liked to be in front of anyone. I was Even before I, I was trained as a teacher and um, at the university I taught at before going to seminary, I, didn't, I, I never taught anything. I didn't, that, that wasn't something I knew that God wanted me to do. Other people recognized it. I was invited into certain circles to learn. I was discipled. I had two disciplers when I gave my life to the Lord in college, and they helped me identify those gifts. They helped invite me into areas of service. And I was terrified. Those, I, was, I, I felt inadequate, completely limited. Why, God, would you even ask me to do this? I'm never doing this again. Right? Those are the conversations. But guess what? That's a conversation. I'm talking to God about how I can't do it, and he can, and how I need his help. And, and then because I stepped out and I decided to serve in a way that was uncomfortable, completely contrary to my personality at times. Um, I saw him come through and he did these amazing things. And, and I felt like I didn't do a good job. And then I hear from other people how blessed they were and that God used me. And I don't understand how he did that or why he did that. Okay, well, let's try that again. And I step out and then the same conversation, Lord, I'm never doing this again. I can't believe I signed up for that. And why did you have me do this, Lord? You know, I can't do this. And, and, then I begin to have this conversation ongoing, and he's like, right, you can't, but I can. And, and don't do this in your own strength, but in my power. And watch what I can do through your life. Give me your life. Consecrate yourself to me. Sacrifice yourself for me, for my good, and for the, my people. And watch what I'll do. There's great joy in that kind of a life. And so my prayer life just has grown because I put myself in places of discomfort. I put myself in places of responsibility where I really have no, no business being there apart from God equipping me and calling me to be there. And we step out in faith. God answers those prayers. He is faithful to show himself um, worthy of our honor and our worship as he comes through every time, every time he does that. He's never been faithless. And because of that, my prayer life has grown and I have just this, this abiding, beautiful conversation with him that is still difficult at times, and I still fail at times, but overall there's been a trajectory of growth, and I, I purposely now put myself in positions of responsibility, even though I don't want to at times, because I know of how good he is and how much I receive, even as I give, so... Um, consider that as, as part of a trajectory of growth in your prayer life as well. Ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? If you have a prompting from the Lord to do something, um, talk to one of myself, one of the elders, another member of, of Black Forest Chapel, get connected, um, start serving, start, start um, exposing your weakness and limitations and start praying more as a result and watch what God can do. And, and he's just going to bless this church uh, through your willingness um, uh, to serve others. So, well, thank you for sharing your hearts and some of your experiences, and thank you for, for joining us this morning. Uh, I would ask Scott if you could close us in prayer. I appreciate that. Thank you.
Lord, thank you so much for your church here at Black Forest Chapel. And we pray, Lord, that we would continue to be a church based on prayer, that all of us would desire to pray for one another and have on our heart what's on your heart, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your kingdom. Thank you for Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from the Word of God. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to visit Black Forest Chapel in Black Forest, Colorado, near Monument and just north of Colorado Springs. You'll find biblical teaching and authentic worship in an environment that feels like family and friends. Get directions and more information at blackforestchapel.org.